I just wanted to put a trigger warning before this episode starts. I will be talking about grief, death, things like that. So if you don't want to be triggered and you don't want to be sad or you don't have any, you don't gain anything from this, that's totally okay. There's a bunch of different episodes you can listen to that are lighthearted and a lot less deep than this is. So I don't mind at all and I'm still happy to have you here no matter what. So you can go ahead and click out or keep listening. Thank you. Hello everyone. Welcome back to Happy You're Here podcast. My name's Haley and I'm your host and I'm so happy that you're here. Um, So today's subject is obviously a little bit deeper, a little bit triggering for some people, hard in the heart. So let's just get into the fun stuff, two things that made me happy, a couple things I just wanted to mention that I was thinking about before I talk about the heavy stuff. So let's get started. All right, so two things that made me happy today. One, I got to go to my other job that I haven't worked at in a long time. I've been there for a year now, which is the longest time I've ever held down a job because, I don't know, I think I just really like change and when things are not like changing and like it's repeating itself over and over again, it can get exhausting for my head. Like, I don't know what that is, but I just really love change. And so it's really rare that I hold down a job for a year, but I'm really proud of myself that I did because I do love this job. Um, It is overwhelming having two jobs and I don't think I'll be having two jobs for a long time just because it's, I mean, for like soon because it's overwhelming and I'm a student. So I still have college, summer classes, all that jazz. So I kind of have to make time for myself as well. Um, but yeah, I got to work there today and it was a really good shift today with my friend Ferris. And so that was really fun. Um, and then the second thing that made me happy today was, well, I mean, I guess it wasn't today, but it was on Monday night when me and my friend went and got drinks at Chili's. It was my first time like going out drinking. No, no, it wasn't my first time. Never mind. That was with Gabrielle. But, um, my first time with my, with Brie going to, um, Chili's and having drinks. And I'm not even kidding. I was literally, I was so drunk and I had like four sips of my drink and I looked at Brie and I was like, oh my god, I my head is spinning already. I don't know what it is. I'm just not a drinker, so I kind of wish I was when it comes to that because that drink was good. Like, genuinely, I would have drank it again. Like, it was so good. <laughs> so those are the two things that made me happy. Um, one was today, and then one was last night, and then she slept over, and I just love when, like, my friends sleep over, and then we talk about everything that, like, happened that night if we went out or something. I think it's so fun, so I also love that. And then obviously I went on a walk this morning with Gabrielle and that was really fun. Always fun. Um, and yeah, so those are the two things that made me happy. And also I just feel, I just feel happy right now. I'm at like a stage in my life where like all of the relationships in my life, I mean not relationships, the friendship and my relationship, like I just feel really, really content. Not that I didn't before, but I'm just happy. And I love feeling happy. And I know it might seem like I'm happy all the time, but obviously that's unsustainable and not true. And we shouldn't all be feeling one emotion all at once or just one emotion. And so it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be numb. It's okay to be, uh, it's okay to be normal. Um, I think it's really unsustainable to think that everyone lives their life waking up happy and going to bed happy because it's just not how it is. And it's not how we're supposed to 
experience life. But right now in this moment, when I think about everything going on in my life, I feel happy and I feel excited for the future. And I'm so thankful for the people in my life that love me the way that they do. And I'm thankful for my boyfriend for loving me the way that he does. And just us growing together just really makes me so happy. And knowing that like, we've been doing this since we were by doing this, I mean like been together. We've been together since we were 18 and we're both 21 now. And it's just crazy to look at the different types of people we were throughout the years and how we've always decided to grow together, whether like we've been in hard spots or not. Like I really, I really do love him and I'm so thankful for him. Um, but I wanted to mention something to you guys before um, we go into like the deeper, more sensitive talk of the day because I really have always wanted to make an episode on grief and I got requested one. And so that kind of pushed me to make one more because I do feel like I'm an expert at this um, subject or whatever it's called, topic. And But before we get into that, on my main Instagram, <clears throat> at Haley's Lawrence 13, H-A-Y-L-E-E-Z-O-R-N-E-S, on Instagram, you know, just a, like a slight plug because... I want more followers so I can reach out to brands and have sponsorships and get paid because labor sucks. Anyways, um, so I went on my Instagram and I said, I was like, what did I say? Oh, I said, if my name wasn't Haley, what would it be? And honestly, nobody really ever responds. <laughs> nobody ever responds on like my Instagram questions unless it's like a poll or something. Um, but this one, I got so many, so I really wanted to share them because I want to know if you guys agree. So one of them said, Jolene, oh, amazing. That name is so iconic. Uh, Daisy, Charlotte. First of all, I love Daisy. One time at Starbucks, somebody told me, or somebody called out my name as Daisy because they told me I was sweet like a Daisy and like soft and nice. And I had never met this person in my life. And it was, I, it was like five years ago or like five or four years ago. And I literally still remember it to this day because it was so nice that that man did that for me. Like, I don't even know. I don't think, I mean, I don't think he was flirting with me. I think he was just being nice. He was a little bit older than me, so hopefully not. But he was really, like, I thought that was the sweetest thing. So Daisy for sure. Charlotte. Oh, my God. I love, I love that name so much. Bailey, which is funny because my name's Haley. So you just literally changed the first letter. But I don't really see that. Um, I do see Daisy, though. I do see that one. And then someone said Amber or Blair. I don't really see Amber. I got that twice, though, which is funny because I don't see that. But, and then she said Blair. Oh, my God. I love the name Blair. I think it's from Gossip Girl. Dude, if you guys have watched that, are you kidding me? It's literally amazing. Gossip Girl, I never finished it, though, so maybe I sound dumb. But I think it's because it had too many seasons and it was just dragged along. Like, I was like, who the hell is Gossip Girl? I'm not going to tell you who it is because I found out through Twitter. So, I think that's why I stopped watching it is because... I was like, are you kidding me? Someone on Twitter decided to spoil it for me? Like, that should be illegal. It should be. It should be illegal. You're right, Haley. <laughs> I don't know why I disagreed with myself because it's true. Um, but Blair, one of my top five names. Like, I would literally name my child that if I was pregnant right now. I mean, I'm not, but, like, I would. <laughs> and then someone said Sydney, which is funny because my name, my mom's name is Cindy or, like, Cynthia. And um, another person said Cynthia my mom's name, Holly or Celine? Celine? Oh my God. 
Oh my God, Celine, I read that. I was like, are you kidding me? I feel honored. Like that is, are you kidding? Celine, like, I don't know when I think of that. Obviously, Celine Dion, whatever her name is. Oh my God, please don't roast me for not knowing her name. I just don't listen to music a lot, but I icon. I know she's an icon. I know that. But like, I feel like that name is like such a celebrity, super, super woman, feminist, like, amazing name i feel like i don't live up to it you know what i mean um and then someone said holly which i don't really i don't really see that one you know but um and then i got Alyssa, which i mean i kind of see it but like not as much but like i do see it at the same time you know that just made zero sense but i'm like 50 50 i'm like one day i'm like yeah i'm an Alyssa, and then the next day i'm like nah like i'm not <laughs> And then someone said Cora. Oh my god. Do I look like a Cora? I feel like in my head like a Cora is like a redhead, which makes sense cuz I'm a redhead in case nobody has ever seen me. Which is funny cuz like imagine listening to this podcast and like not even knowing what I look like. If you're a stranger and you don't know what I look like, can you message my podcast Instagram? Don't look at the photos of me on there. It's at Happier Here Podcast. And tell me, like, what you imagine I look like. Because there's so many podcasts I listen to where I've never seen their face. Just because, like, I find them on, like, the app. On, like, the Apple Spotify. <laughs> what am I saying? The Apple um, Podcast app. And, like, in the sections of, like, mental health or, like, comedy, I find them there. And I don't know what they look like. And, like, so if you're a stranger, just just tell me what you, what you imagine I look like. Anyway, um, Akora, I see – I'm closing my eyes right now to, like, see it. I see, like, a redhead with, like, straight hair with a couple braids, like, just along somewhere in the hair. She's wearing, like, a, like a free people kind of dress. She's in a field. Or there's another Akora coming up. <laughs> I don't know why I think I'm a mind reader. There's another Cora coming up. Um, like a like I'm at the beach and I'm wearing like a matching matching bathing suit with like a linen cover over me, and I have like a yarn bag. Oh my god, I'm that Cora. <laughs> Someone said Hannah. I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that Madison. I don't know about that one. Trinity. That's interesting. Do I really look like a Trinity? I mean. That's interesting. My mom said Killy, but I think she meant Lily. <laughs> I can see Lily, mom. You're right. You're right. Um, and then someone said Sunshine, which is cute. I mean, I don't think that's a name. I would name my kid that. I would be the one to name my child that. Um, someone said Savannah. I literally see that. Oh, my God. It just clicked in my head. I see that. Someone said Taylor. I don't really see that one. Um, someone said Bridget. That's interesting. I feel like I don't look like a Bridget. But I do at the same time. Why am I like 50-50 all of these? Um, someone said Emily, which is funny because I know like there's like a stigma on TikTok behind Emily's and how everyone hates them. But I don't have a problem. I don't think I have a problem with anyone named Emily. I don't think so. Um, and then someone said Sam. I don't see Sam. I'm so sorry if you're listening. I just don't see it. But isn't it so interesting, like, to think of the names that, like, to, like, see the names that people think that you are? Like, I don't know. I just think that is so I, – I think it's so interesting. Like, I see myself – I have always seen myself as, like, a Hazel. I think it's because I really, really love that name. Hazel such a beautiful name from that show. I, 
or that movie with Shailene Woodley. I don't remember the name of it. Um, someone's like listening in their car right now, like screaming the name at me. And I just, I'm like oblivious to you doing that. But if you are, yes, you're correct. Um, yeah, I love that movie because her name was Hazel Grace in the movie. And I was like, oh, I'm going to name my kid that. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, I think it's just funny how like people assume names and like in their own ways have like what people look like associated with that name. I think that's so interesting. Humans are just very, very interesting people. <laughs> um, anyway, so those are just like some lighthearted comments, things I wanted to bring up um, before diving into a hard subject for some people to talk about. For me, it's kind of normal. I mean, I probably will get a little bit choked up during this because it it's normal to me, but I think sometimes I get sad when I really just sit and think about it, which is normal. I'm supposed to be sad sometimes. You're supposed to be sad to process these emotions and to cope with them because I'm going to have to deal with them for the rest of my life. So yeah, let's get into the episode. All right. So today's episode is going to be on grief, like I said earlier, um, I feel like grief can be in a lot of different ways, not just someone passing away, but, you know, grieving the person you used to be when you were with this person or grieving who you were when you were like a certain age or grieving your heartbreak of someone or grieving a friendship, grieving even places like your childhood home or somewhere that's really special to you. Um, And just like grieving the time that you feel like you lost or the time that you feel like you want to go back to. Um, I just think there's a lot of different ways that you can grieve. But my personal experience with grief is death, um, unfortunately, which is super dark. And I don't mean it to be dark because unfortunately, again, this happens all over the world every single day, every single second. And it sucks to think about, right? Like it sucks to sit there and be like, someone is losing their mom. Someone someone is doing it to themselves. Someone is losing their son, their best friend, their cousin, their aunt, their grandma, their grandpa, their dog. And yeah, like I think grief also doesn't have to be humans. I think it also is animals. Like I lost my childhood dog. Um, when I was, I think I was in like fifth grade and it was horrendous. Like it was such a horrible loss. And now my, my dogs now are getting old and I'm not looking forward to that because a dog is just like, they know exactly what to do when you're sad. They know how to make you feel loved even without saying anything. And I think when, I think people downplay like a grief, like grieving dogs because, that's like your companion. That's the person that just comforts you without not even understanding why you feel sad or not even understanding what you feel. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. So when you lose that, it's like, like, damn, you know what I mean? Like dogs are here a lot less than humans are and a lot less longer than humans are. And so when we lose them, like, I feel like it's easy to be like, oh, I'll just get another one or how other people see it. Like, oh, I'll just get another one. But dogs have personalities. They have things that they do that not all dogs do. And they're unique people, just they're unique creatures, just like humans are. And there's no way that you can't Like, it's so invalidating to be like, it's just a dog. Like, it's just a cat. You know what I mean? Like, whatever other animal that you've lost, like, it's still a loss. And losing sucks. Losing people sucks. 
sitting there being like, I'm never going to hug this person again. Sucks. I'm never going to feed my dog again. Sucks. It all sucks. And I've experienced it so many times. So many times I don't even I don't even know if I could keep track. Um I've had a lot of deaths in my family. Um my nana, my uncle, my cousin, 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 like my great cousin, um times two. My great cousin, I two great cousins passed away. Um my super close cousin-in-law that I was really close to. Um my great grandma my grandma, my other, my, on my dad's side, um, my dad's dad, I've just had so many losses in my life. And I feel, when I say I feel like an expert at this, obviously I'm not, I don't have any degrees in grief therapy or dealing with grief, but I know what it does to people. I know what it looks like. I know, yeah, I know what it does to people. I know how it makes them act. I know how it made me act. Um, and so I'll just like go through in order of the people I lost and how how it affected me and how I coped with it throughout the years. And so the first person um, was that I can remember. I'm sure I've lost people. Um, I lost my grandpa Zorns, which is my dad's dad, before before I can fully remember exactly how grief felt. I was super young, so I don't really remember, but I do remember him and I do miss him. Um, but I just don't remember dealing with the grief of losing him because we didn't live close to him. Um, he would come visit. I think I saw him a handful of times in my life, but each time I loved it because, you know, that's my grandpa, you know, and that's my dad's dad. Like that's a piece of my dad right there that he gave birth to my dad, you know, or <laughs> he gave birth. Um, he, my dad is here because of him. And so I think watching your parents go through grief is probably, oh my God, the worst part of it for me, honestly. But so that was the first kind of thing I experienced that I'm not close, that I wasn't very close to, but still was a loss that sucked. Um, after that, I don't know, if my family's listening, um, I don't know if I'm doing this in the right order, so I apologize. But um, my grandma Bubby, my dad's my dad's mom, um, I remember losing her vividly. I remember going to her funeral. She was probably one of the only ones that had a funeral in in our family. We never we have never had funerals. We've only had two out of all these deaths that we've had. And um, I remember picking out my outfit. And I remember reading a poem at the funeral with my cousin. And I remember going back to my going back to my grandma's house. Um, and just like like just being with every single one of my cousins on my dad's side, which never happened. Like it rarely, rarely happened after a certain thing happened. Like we barely talked. And so when we were all under the same roof. It was really special. So I think with grief, there can be some like little peaks of, oh my gosh, like this is beautiful. The reason why we're happening, we're together right now is because we get to celebrate this life or we get to grieve all together. And that's special. It's really special to be with people that understand how you feel when it's happening. And um, so like that was like a little peak of sunshine throughout that week. Um, and so we were all together. We went to her funeral and 
I just remember crying, crying a lot, actually. <laughs> it was like I felt every single one of my feelings. I didn't hide from anyone. I was sad. I was, I still am sad about it. I get sad because I remember her. She was a religious lady. She loved going to church. She loved visiting her grandkids. She lived in Sacramento. So she was always here or she was always going back, back down, up and down. And my dad has, um, her journal that she, there was like a, like a stack of journals he has on his bedside and he never really read them, but I like to read them sometimes just because I think journals are so sacred and so special. And so when we get to read them and see what this person was thinking and the ink that they wrote on the paper, like it really, it's like so like nostalgic and like sentimental to me, a journal is. And that's why I have so many journals because I want, I want whenever I'm gone, which hopefully I'm scared of death. So hope, hopefully nothing I can remember, but whenever I'm gone, um, my family has like 25 journals to read. Like they, they better get their reading glasses on. <laughs> um, there's a lot, <clears throat> but yeah, so that was my grandma Bubby, just like such a wonderful lady. <clears throat> oh my god excuse me just such a wonderful lady um whenever worship music like plays on the stations uh like the radio stations like I always think of her and like we'll say oh thanks Bubby like we know that you're here and whenever we drive to Tahoe every year we drive through Sacramento and sometimes we'll drive past her house and it always makes all of us sad because we wish that she was still here obviously but yeah coping with that I just remember um <clears throat> I just remember crying a lot and then I would just, I would be fine and then I would be okay and then I would be t fucking terrible. Sorry for my language. Just like in the trenches crying every single, I don't know if in the trenches is the right way to put it, just in the dark, I guess, um, not getting out of my room and then same with my grandma dinosaur, which is her mom. Um, she passed away before her mom did and her mom was older than her, obviously. And so that one, oh, I just remember that one. That one was a hard one because I was older. And when it happened, um, I remember walking down to, because my cousins live right next door to me. So I remember walking up to their house and they have like a, like our house is a corner house and their house is right behind it. So it's like a weird setup. And, um, so I remember walking up to their house and seeing my dad and the look he gave me, <sighs> I don't want to cry, but the look he gave me was so like, I knew instantly I knew and it sucked obviously like duh, but I think I don't want to say it was easy because it's not easy by any means. I don't want to give you that um, terrible, terrible look because it's not easy. I don't want you to think it's easy, but it was – they were so close together that I was, like, kind of blending them together in my head and blending the healing together in my head thinking, okay, I can deal with this again, which you can deal with grief again. Of course you can. But I think I downplayed my feelings a little bit because whenever I was alone, I would just cry. And I missed her and I missed her sassy personality and how much she loved me and my brothers and how much she craved for us to be around her. Like she lived alone because obviously she didn't have anyone anymore because she used to live with her daughter. But yeah, she lived alone and um, 
and we inherited like her um I inherited their car, their 2001 Camry, which is my freaking baby. I don't ever want to let that car go because I feel safe in that car. I feel protected, and I still have their stuff in that car. I still have a lot of their belongings. And I think with grief, it helps to hold on to some things that remind you of them and not remind you in a sad way, but just remind you of the good times you had with them. And that's what... That's what I have. I have like her um, at her church. She used to wear at my Bubby's church. She used to wear like a name tag. And so she I have that in my car. I have like little pictures that they hung up in the mirrors, like tiny, tiny in the corner. And they're still there because I didn't want to take them out. And so I think holding on to that car is like a part of me. Like that car is like, (laughs) like, I don't ever want to let it go. And it's like, it's running down. And so I don't want to let it go. So I'm just like nervous about it. But so those were two deaths that I was like, those are my first, my first experience with death. And it was a hard one. Like the, at least I can remember, I don't want to say first experience because I, I had lost my grandpa Dick before that. Um, my great, great cousin, um, before that, and, um, so like the, I don't remember those vividly though. So I can't tell you how I felt because I don't remember cause I was really young. Um, and so those are two that really just struck me in the heart. Um, so the next one, it just sucks that I have to sit here and go through all of the people that I've lost because I've lost so many, not, it doesn't suck like having to talk about this because I really love helping people with grief and talking about it, but it just sucks looking at this list of human beings that I've lost and just checking them off, talking about them as if there's something else like that is so, it just sucks that I've been through so much of this, but I'm happy that I get to sit here and talk to you about it and give you things to help you heal and help you cope with a loss that is so, so deep. And so when I lost, um, after that, I lost my Nana and that one was, a probably, probably one of the hardest. Um, I don't want to like rank them on a one to 10 because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm just here to just tell you how I reacted to them. So Nana was probably the closest one out of all of these deaths that I was really, really close to. She was a constant in my life. She came to everything. And um, so knowing that I didn't have that anymore, oh my God, I don't want to cry. <laughs> um, knowing that I don't I didn't have that anymore was hard because it's hard to find a love like a grandma. Like it's hard to have a grandma have somebody else fill in what a grandma could. And um it was a sudden one too. Ugh. The sudden ones just fucking suck. Um, I was on my way to Newport with my boyfriend, and we were, I think, I can't remember if we were, yeah, we were celebrating. It was like our four-month anniversary, (laughs) and we have now been dating for two years, and so it happened almost two and a half years, almost three years ago, and, um, I just remember being on the phone with my mom. I'll and I'll just like spare you the details. Um her death was like one where I didn't react very well. 
I, um, I shut down. Like I could not speak about it for months. I couldn't look at pictures. And so, oh, I don't want to cry. <laughs> yeah, I just shut down. I wanted to be strong for my mom because my mom was very close to her. And I wanted to be strong for my mom, which obviously I didn't get to heal. Like I didn't get to even cope with it because I wanted to feel okay. And I wanted everyone to be, I wanted everyone to come to me and to be the strong one because, you know, everyone always goes to the mom to be strong and to be and to vent to, but I didn't want my mom to have to deal with that. So I wanted everyone to come to me and I wanted, I just wanted to take the place of my mom for a little bit because she obviously being a mom and grieving is hard because you still have things to tend to. And like, I'll always need my mom for things. So I didn't want my mom to feel overwhelmed. And so I went through a lot of things by myself and like even to my boyfriend, I just shut down. Like to my friends, I shut down. I didn't want to talk about it. And so that's one way I hope that you don't cope with grief is shutting down because if you shut down, you're going to explode some other point. You're going to turn back on and you're going to explode. And that's exactly what I did. And so when I, I think I felt terrible for six months after her death because I didn't get to cope by myself because I wanted to be strong like I said and so I didn't face my feelings at all and like my boyfriend would want me to talk about it I would shut him out I would put a wall up I didn't want to talk about it and I think I was honestly I think I was in denial <laughs> um I was in major denial, first of all, which is normal for grief because especially when it's sudden and you lose someone so suddenly, it's like you just don't think it's real. Like I thought I thought I could like pick up the phone and like call her again. <laughs> um, ugh. I know you don't want to hear a sob fest. You guys didn't come here to hear a sob fest. <laughs> so one second, let's take a break. Okay, I'm okay now. <laughs> um, I just needed to cry for a second because I have not cried about any grieving for a long time. So I think I just had to feel, let those feelings come to me and just feel them. Um, which, like I was saying, I didn't get to feel um, right away when I was dealing with this grief with my Nana because she was a constant in my life. She was there for every single event. I could call her anytime I want, go over to her house, uh, eat dinner with her. And um, so when like that happens, it's like your world is like gone. Like for a hot second, I felt numb. That's exact. Oh my God. It's such a good way to put it. Like I literally felt numb. I had no feelings except for my mom. Like all I wanted to do was make sure my mom was okay. All I wanted to do was make her feel like she was supported and okay, which is like great. That's such a good thing to do for your, for someone that's grieving, but not when you're grieving at the same time. You kind of have to you kind of have to put yourself first in when in your grieving process. It's like kind of when I say like you have to fill your cup up first before you pour onto other people's because 
you can't keep pouring if you have nothing to give. You can't keep giving if you have nothing to give yourself back. And so with the grieving process with my Nana, it was hard. For the first six months, I was numb. I didn't feel my feelings. I didn't, I, st- I literally stopped writing and I write consistently, like all the time. I write how I feel in my journal. I don't care if it's like formal or whatever. I just write all my thoughts. I consistently all the time have journals full of my thoughts because it's how I feel like I get out the most emotion. And so with that, like I just felt like I I couldn't even put my thoughts onto paper because then it would be real. And then and then I would I would have to read that. And it would have to be my new reality. And like I said, I was in denial. And so when you cope with a loss that's very close to you, at least in my experience, just make sure you honor how you feel. You take a couple months and you just feel all the things, all the stages of grief, anger, sadness, denial, bargaining. Um, I don't know if there's any others, but... Those are the ones I can remember off the top of my head. You feel all of those feelings. Like, make sure you understand how you feel. You tell people you feel it. Go to a therapist if you feel comfortable. There's just so many other ways to make sure the people you love are that are grieving with you as well. They can feel supported if you feel supported yourself from yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, Like, I think I would have helped my mom a lot better if I could help myself first and then help her. Because then I could say, okay, I feel okay right now. And I can teach her how to feel okay. Or I could teach her that it's okay to feel this because I think it's okay to feel it because I felt it. And so you just kind of have to really be vulnerable with yourself and tell yourself, like, hey, you need to kind of like put yourself in check. Like, hey, stop acting like you're this girl who doesn't have any feelings, who needs to just be okay for everyone. Stop trying to save people because you're not going to save anyone from grieving. And I know that's really harsh to say, but you, like, I, I tried. <laughs> like, I'm a first example of trying to save someone from grieving. I, I, excuse my language, I fucking hated seeing my mom upset. Like, there's so many times I just remember her sitting on the couch crying because she couldn't call her mom. And, like, I don't understand what it's like to lose a parent. And so I can't help you with that advice. But what I could help you with helping your loved ones deal with grieving at the same time as you are is just be strong for yourself so you could be strong for them. Be strong for yourself in the sense of making sure that you feel all of your emotions. You go through the wounds. You go through the hard stuff. You go through the deep stuff all together because you can't grieve alone. It's really hard to grieve without support of other people or an outlet to go to. Don't don't cope with things you're supposed to celebrate with. If you're celebrating things, if you're if you're using something to cope, uh, I can't remember the quote, but it's like if you're using the same things when you're sad as you use when you're happy, like when you drink when you're sad and you drink when you're happy, it's like it's not good to drink when you're sad because you're relying on something else to take that pain away from you. Or it's not okay to do things that harm you because you're trying to put you're trying to inflict pain within yourself because you feel pain inside of you. You know what I mean? It's just like you kind of have to I don't know if this is like okay to say, but like you have to learn how to face your feelings. 
You need to face your feelings through everything in life. You need to look at your feelings in the face and be like, I'm going to feel you. I'm going to honor you. That sounds weird, but I'm going to make sure that you are felt and then you're let go. And if you come back around again, I'll feel it and then I'll let it go because you can't sit there and have this moment of, I I don't want to, I don't want to face it. It's not real because understandable, it shouldn't be real. Death shouldn't be real. It shouldn't be a thing that happens to people because it hurts and there's no type of pain like grief. There's no type of pain like losing someone that you love or losing someone, period. And so when I lost my Nana, all my all the relationships in my life kind of crashed because I was numb. I was not nice. I put up a wall. I wanted to be strong when obviously I was struggling so hard and I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't even want to talk to anyone because I was so numb and I felt like I would just start crying if I talked about my Nana. So, and then also I think the thing that helped me after I realized how insensitive I was being to myself was like my Nana would not want me to feel this way. She would not want me to sit here and act like I'm okay when I'm not. She wouldn't, like if she walked in the room right now, she would be so proud of me for feeling how I felt when she was gone. Or when I when I finally realized it, it was okay to feel the way that I felt. She would probably give me a big hug. And so for that, I just say like, make sure you feel your feelings for that one. I, I wish I could... If that girl was listening right now, when I was that girl, I wish I could tell her, like, it's going to be okay. Like, you're going to experience it a couple more times, but you'll be okay, and you'll understand how to cope with it and heal it. And, yeah, it, I mean, it obviously doesn't get easier, but knowing that I am allowed, knowing that I'm allowing myself to feel those feelings is a big thing for me. And, um... So a little bit a year after that, I lost my Uncle Bob, which I wasn't really ever close to him, but it was my mom's brother. So my mom lost her mom and then her brother, which, terrible. Um, um, He wasn't a constant in my life, so it was a different kind of grief. Obviously, it was really sad awaiting that call because he was in the hospital, sitting in the waiting room. And then being with my boyfriend, awaiting that call, telling me he's going to pass or that he has passed was horrible. Just sitting there anxiously waiting for my phone to ring to hear the bad news because there was no chance that he would survive was horrible. And like, I don't mean to like sit here and tell you guys my life story of like my grief experiences because you probably just came here for the tips on how to heal and how to help someone. But I think me telling you this can help you guys feel a little bit, can, can help you guys relate to it a little bit and that you're not alone and that I'm feeling my feelings right now and that um, this is real and authentic and like... I'm not obviously making any of this up because I would be super messed up, but these are my real authentic feelings about how I felt about grief and the ways that I've experienced it. And so, yeah, I got that call on New Year's Eve. It was terrible. I was sad. I cried. Horrible New Year's Eve. Um, and, like, just, like, death in general is so hard to just sit back and accept 
And so I just, after he passed away, I just also tried to talk to my mom. I made sure my mom knew I wasn't trying to be strong for her because she told me to absolutely never do that again if anything ever happened. Um, <laughs> and so I really, me and my mom felt our feelings together. And then my my great cousin Kevin passed away. Um, I'll spare you the details because it's pretty horrible, but that was hard. I mean, I never really knew him, but my great aunt was heavily affected by it because I was her son. So it sucks watching the people you love go through grief once again. And then the most recent one, um, I lost my cousin that lives next door to me. My cousin-in-law, because my cousin, my blood-related cousin is married to him. Um, we lost him in November to pancreatic cancer. And this one is a little bit, like, more sensitive because it's, like, still kind of fresh. And so just, like, watching people, watching, like, my closest, closest family go through that. And, like, losing a partner watching my cousin lose her lifelong partner that she married when she was young, like, is, like, a different type of pain. Because <laughs> um, when you lose your partner, like, the one you confide in, the one you love the most out of everyone in this world, like, I don't even know how you could recover from that. <laughs> and if you're listening and you've lost your partner, I, I promise you'll recover. But when I think of it, because it hasn't happened to me, obviously, it's, it's like, oh, my God, I can't even – I can't even imagine. And so he had battled it for a really long time. And he was put on hospice. And we, like, all watched him take his last breath. Um, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm crying. <laughs> that was really hard. But it was also special. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, like, there's little specks of, like, light in between the dark times that grief gives you. All of his closest friends were together. His parents were together for the first time in a really long time. His kids were there. And so we were all together and he went peacefully and he wasn't in um, like any more pain. And I think knowing that kind of helped me a little bit. Oh my gosh. I told you guys I'm sensitive, okay? Nobody ever realizes how sensitive I am. But more fresh so it hits a little harder than the other ones obviously but they all suck once again um and I think for this one I just needed a lot of support um as we all do when we're when we're grieving but I think I just asked for help a lot more which if you are grieving or you're trying to support someone that's grieving I hope that you ask for help or you ask them what can I do to help you or like when I was grieving I think the thing that helped the most was sitting in silence with my boyfriend and just not talking and him like holding me while I was crying <sighs> sorry <laughs> was like the most helpful for me because that's how I feel like I don't want to talk about it you know what I mean I don't want to especially when it first happens I just want to sit there and not talk. I just want to feel safe in someone's arms. And so whoever that is for you, if you are that kind of person <clears throat> when you're grieving, 
I highly recommend that. It's really soothing. Um, it helps a lot. And so I've just been trying to write a lot with this grieving process that I'm currently going through the most because I was really close to him. And so, ugh, yeah, <laughs> um, I was really close to him. And so losing someone again that's close to you is so hard because there's like a point where I felt like, does this ever stop? Like, am I ever going to stop dealing with this process? Am I ever going to stop losing people? But I've lost a handful of people in my life almost back to back. So obviously it's not a normal thing that every person goes through. So I can't sit there and pity myself and be like, oh, I'm going to, I don't ever, like, I don't want to keep doing this because it's life. People die and that shit sucks. It's like horrible to think about. And so I think with Mark's passing, um, he was in the military, so they did it in a really honorable way. And like, we got a funeral and oh my God, I cried throughout the whole, like the funeral was like an hour and a half long and I cried the whole entire time. Like I almost, they, everyone wanted me to go up and talk and I literally couldn't because I would just be sobbing the whole time and I'm such an ugly crier. So I didn't want people to see me crying um, in front of like a million people. It felt like, but I do regret that I didn't speak at his funeral because I had a lot to say about him. He was such a wonderful person. And um, so instead I wrote in my journal. And so I have a part in my journal where I write like to whatever I'm grieving or to who, to whoever I'm grieving. And doing that has helped me so much because I think the hardest part for me, at least about grieving is like not being able to tell that person about things that have happened in my life or about things I've accomplished or things I've done since they've been gone. Like that that's really hard for me because I'm a talker. I love to tell people things I've done. I love to talk about certain things that have happened to me. And so when I don't get to do that with someone I love anymore because they're not here physically, it's hard. And so I found an outlet doing that through writing in my journal. And I think that was, it's still the most amazing way of healing. And obviously it's still hard for me to look at pictures with him because I just get sad, which is normal. Like, I should be sad because um, it's a loss. It's a big loss in my life. And so I think the one that that's just helped me the most is just writing in my journal to whoever I'm grieving, whether it's Mark, whether it's my Nana, whether it's my uncle, my dog, um, to whoever and updating them or telling them something that reminded me of them helps me more than just speaking it out loud because I get to go back and read it and I get to go back and be like that did happen like oh yeah like I remember that like that was so enjoyable for me and um so those are my experiences with grief I'm so sorry that I am like getting choked up or like crying throughout that little segment because it's just hard and like grief is hard and grieving and understanding and coming face to face with this realization of a new world without this person is weird. It doesn't feel okay. It doesn't feel like it should be okay. And so when it happens, it's like this terrible feeling like, but then when you get these happy moments of 
they would be so proud of me right now. Like they get to watch me or talk to me through like signs is like the most incredible thing. And so, um, yeah, so those are my experiences with grief. And I want to talk a little bit, um, about, about what helped me cope, which was the journaling and throughout all of this was just having someone to talk to about it, whether that be a therapist, um, my boyfriend, my friends, because I have such amazing friends who help me through grief, um, or my family. Um, and if you don't have a supportive family, talk to your friends. If you don't have a lot of friends, you can talk to a therapist or you can write it out. It really helps to validate your own feelings and write things out and understand that like it's okay to feel this way. Like it's okay to be angry. I, I want to say that because I was I was angry. I was angry for a long time. Throughout each of the deaths I've experienced, I was fucking angry. And it's okay to be angry. Like it's okay to be like, I don't deserve this. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be grieving my cousin. I shouldn't because of cancer. There should be a there should be a cure to cancer. Like why aren't the scientists curing cancer so no one else has to experience this pain and this suffering of losing someone they love? Or like the anger of like why did it have to be so sudden? Like I'm angry at God. I'm angry at the higher power that took this person away from me so soon and that made them feel like they shouldn't be here. And it's okay to feel that. Like I just want you to say, because when I was angry, I felt bad about being angry. I felt bad about taking out my anger on other people or things in my life. As I mean, you shouldn't take your anger out on things, but it's so natural to do it when you're grieving. And I don't want to justify anyone's behavior by excusing it like from grieving. But when you're grieving, people can get mean. People can get angry and like, shut you out. And it's nothing against you if you're trying to support someone that's grieving right now. It's nothing against you. It's just grieving is such a confusing and difficult process that you fully do not understand if you haven't experienced it. Whether that be a distant family member or someone close to you, like grieving is such a difficult thing to to help people understand because it's like, oh, just just like move on. Like there's no moving on with grief and that's a hard truth. There's no moving on with grief. Like, I I never have told anyone to move on because, you sh- first of all, you shouldn't tell anyone when to move on from something that hurt them deeply or that just made them upset because it's not fair for you to invalidate that person's process of dealing with a, an emotion or dealing with a situation and how it made them feel. And when you should, when you think they should let it go. And if you're a person that does that, just please correct that behavior because it doesn't make anyone feel loved or heard or supported. If you tell your friend that's going through a devastating heartbreak, oh, come on, it's been a month. Like, come on, you're not helping in any kind of way. And I hope that you understand that it's not okay to say that to people. And we're all different people. We're all completely different humans. You know what I mean? Like someone's grieving process can take 10 years and another one's can take a year. It just depends on the person. It depends on their emotion and if they want to face it. And so when you tell someone to move on, it's the most invalidating feeling in the whole entire world. I had people just say that to me and I would be so upset and it would make me so upset because I would be angry. I would be like, what the hell does this person know? 
about my feelings to tell me to move forward because maybe I don't want to move forward. Maybe I want to sit here and pity myself, which I should damn be allowed to do because I'm hurting and I don't feel okay. And that's okay. You shouldn't, you shouldn't always have to feel okay. Like I always preach to you guys. And yeah, so that's a no-no if you're trying to support someone that's grieving. Do not ever tell them when to move on from grief because you don't move on from it. When you're grieving, it's kind of like this. You grieve for a certain amount of time, and then your body stops feeling it physically, and then your mind feels it, obviously mentally, but it doesn't trigger you as much to where you cry, you're crying consistently every single day. Um, at least in my experience, you kind of go through, okay, grief phase of like a month and then you kind of get back to normal for a little bit and then boom, something reminds you of them. And then, you know, it just like, it just is like easier to understand and obviously it gets easier with time, but I don't want to say that it just... I don't want to say that it just goes away because in my experience, like it has never gone away, but I've found ways to honor them without feeling incredibly and deeply sad because I've learned how to understand it a little bit more going through it so many times. But I saw this tweet that says, grief is so weird. One day you feel, you think of them and you don't feel so affected, but you miss them, but you're also okay. Another day, you're minding your business and something minor reminds you of them. And next thing you know, you're in tears and sad for the rest of the day, which is a pretty damn good way to put it because it's exactly how I feel. I, I right now, like I'm okay. But when I, when I talk about Mark and I look at pictures of him, I just get really sad because I can't, like he literally was my neighbor. Like we, we lived next door to each other. He, when I was doing meal trains for him, like I remember him like giving me a hug Ugh. and like thanking me. And so like when I remember those things, obviously it's still fresh. So it makes me really sad, but I feel so happy that I got to experience like those moments with him and be happy that they're like, now he's not in pain because when he was in pain, it wasn't the same him. And he was hurting and I could tell, I could tell he didn't want to be here. And so if he was here right now, he would be hurting and he would be miserable. And now he's okay and he's not in pain anymore and he's not suffering and he's not getting poked with needles every day or getting chemo or being drinking those disgusting insure surgery freaking shakes that people have to drink to gain weight because he was so skinny. And so when it comes to like losing someone from an illness or like losing someone from a medical issue that caused them so much pain, I think it's easy. I think it's easy to say, oh, well, they're not hurting anymore, but like, damn it, it sucks that they're not here. Like it sucks that And it's, I guess you can, like, at least I think it from my own opinion, like, with my experience, I think I I feel selfish when I think about that because why would I want him in pain for my own gain of getting to experience him as a human when he's so much more free when he's somewhere or wherever he is? Like, he just feels free, and I know that with my soul. And so I think it's really, 
I think it's really special to know that he's not hurting anymore. And like when I talk about it, it's hard for me, but I hope it reaches someone and I hope it makes people feel something. And um, so overall, what has helped me cope is writing in my journal, um, talking to my friends about it, but for sure, writing in my journal, crying when I want to cry about it, um, talking about my family members that have passed away and like things that have made me happy that I got to experience with them or connecting with my family members that are present in the world right now about like the memories that they had. Um, I think it, I think it is so much more than like somebody cooking you a homemade meal when you're upset. Like, of course that's so wonderful, but when, when someone would just sit down with me and like, let me talk and like, just sit there and like validate my feelings that was when I felt like so, like I felt so loved. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to talk about ways that I could cope that like you guys could, um, what was I going to say? Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, I just want to talk, talk, I just want to talk about things that have helped me cope. So maybe you can use them and maybe they can help you cope. And so when I, um, yeah, when I was going through it, just journaling, talking about it, when my friends listen to me, just, just sit there and be there and like, let me talk about it and let me talk about him. And that was such a wonderful feeling. And so those are just ways that I, that really helped me cope. And also another thing I wanted to point out was when I was grieving, obviously I'm still grieving every single day of my life because it's just like, that's what happens when you lose someone that's close to you or you, you lose a freaking handful of people that are close to you. <clears throat> that's just what happens. And so I don't look at like grieving so like, I don't look at it anymore as like, like scary because I've experienced it so many times, but I used to look at it as like, when is this person going to die? Like, I need to be ready for when this person dies or I need to, <clears throat> I need to be ready when this happens or like I used to constantly be on guard. I used to be sitting here like, oh my God, I just need to be ready for when the next person dies, which is horrible. Like, I'm not even kidding. I would sit on my bed late at night, every single night for my, probably like my whole 2018. I sat on my bed every single night and thinking after my Nana passed away, thinking my heart was racing. I would be so terrified to the point where I would almost throw up terrified, scared, knowing someone else was going to die next. And I put myself through that. I made myself think that. And so I needed help. Like I needed someone to tell me like, I'm here right now. I'm not going anywhere. Like it's going to be okay. And I needed to be the one to tell myself that no one is going anywhere. Everything's fine right now. Let's not make up fiction. Let's not make up scenarios in our head that you think are going to happen that are so unrealistic that probably won't even happen to you like you just need to remember what's happening in the moment and love the people that are here and grieve the people that are gone and love them as well and remember them for who they are and not who they were before they passed away or if they were hurting before they passed away or not remember 
that agony and the pain they consistently felt. Just remember them as a human because their pain wasn't who they were. Their pain wasn't the type of person that they wanted to be, obviously. Their pain was just something they were feeling. It wasn't them. And so I think thinking that also helped me. And then another thing I forgot to mention was when I was grieving, like in in the middle of the grieving process, I literally always thought that they were going to walk through the door. I had that like crazy, unrealistic expectation like, oh, okay, they're just going to walk through the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's fine. And that obviously isn't going to happen. And so another thing that I want to like, just like another tip for anyone grieving that I want to say is like, just make sure you don't put unrealistic expectations in your head of what you feel like your grieving journey is going to be. Because I can sit here and tell you, yeah, just write in your little tiny journal and you'll be just fine. Or yeah, just like have a great conversation with your friend about that person and you'll be just fine. Because I don't want you guys to think that. Unfortunately, grief is different for everyone. And coping with things is different for everyone. And it's not rainbows and sunshine. And if you're religious, it's not just, oh my God, he's with God or whoever you believe in. It's, excuse my language once again, it's fucking hard. It's fucking hard. And it's going to be difficult. You're going to feel things that you don't want to feel. You're going to think about things you don't want to think about. You're going to want to be okay right away when it's a process. And obviously, I think I'm in a really good place with my grieving process. And I think I've learned to not shun my feelings away or shut my own self out. Like, why would I do that to myself? Like, sometimes I think about it and I sit back and I'm like, why the, why did I do that to myself? To look strong for other people? Like, do I really think that people looked at me and were like, she's supposed to be strong right now? Like, nobody, nobody expected that of me at least that I know of, except like a hand, like maybe two or three people that told me to move on in a certain time period, which never do that. Um, <laughs> like I said, but those are just like some things I wanted to add just like that I just thought of right now because I was in the middle of um, crying in the last segment. <laughs> but that's what grief is. Grief is real and it hits you when it hits you when you kind of like don't expect it sometimes. And so I was just sitting here like taking a break, crying, and I was thinking about things that just like I wanted to talk about and I wanted to mention and hopefully some of you guys can relate. And so this is the last part because this is obviously a long episode because I have experienced this and so I have a lot to say about it. And if you guys want me to do like a part two episode about grief, if you want more, I can definitely talk more in depth about it. Um, just cause it's really affected me and who I am and how it's changed me as a person. And yeah, so things I wanted to talk about now is just trying to support someone else that's grieving. If you're not grieving as well, I mean, obviously you're probably grieving a little bit, but, um, I think it's just, it's just like not like I saw this TikTok of a girl and she was talking about when she lost her husband and when she felt people kind of be a little bit uncomfortable around her, kind of like trying to tiptoe like around the subject. And she felt like she was responsible for that person's uncomfortableness. Like she felt like she had to take that person and be like, hey, it's going to be okay. Okay. 
when she should have been the one that someone said, hey, it's going to be okay. Like, I'm so sorry you lost your partner. Like, it's okay. Um, And so if you're helping someone, like, that's grieving, I think – I don't want to say shut your own emotions out because I don't want you to do that because, like I've said this whole episode, it does not help – anything to shut your feelings out, whether you're the main one experiencing it or you're, I don't want to say an outsider, but you're a little bit like not as heavily affected by it. Um, and so it's just like, it's so, it's so hard to say, I I don't want to, I don't want to invalidate anyone's feelings, but like when, for example, like when my cousin lost Mark, she felt like she had to guard her own feelings to make other people feel okay and other other people feel okay with his death when she wasn't okay with it. And she had to put a happy face on to make sure that everyone else was okay, even her kids. And so when you come into a room with someone that's grieving and it's easy to pick up on people's energies when you're like sad and when you're grieving. And like when I was around my mom, like I, I kind of felt that after, after my mom passed away, I kind of felt like a little bit uncomfortable with seeing my mom sad because it sucks. And it's hard to support someone that's sad when you're also sad. But I have to think like I lost my grandma. She lost her mom, her mother. I could never imagine losing my mom and like I don't want to be insensitive by saying I couldn't imagine because I hated when people would tell me that like about my grandma or like about my cousins and my uncle like I I hated when people be like oh my god I can't even imagine like well I'm imagining it right now so (laughs) thanks but like losing your mother is such a such a big loss And so I was a little bit overwhelmed with her sadness, which is kind of selfish of me to say, but I had to, I had to take a step back to myself Um, when I was like with Christy and she was dealing with Mark's death. Like I had to, I had to like take a step back for myself and be okay for myself before I gave her my energy and I gave her my healing and I gave her my presence because it's not fair for her to have to take on my feelings and because I should be there for her not vice versa because she's losing a bigger loss than I am which like I don't want to compare it obviously but losing your partner compared to losing a cousin like like Jacob was there to comfort me during that time and she was alone. And so I think that's that's a good way to put it in perspective. And so when you're trying to support someone grieving, I think you kind of have to feel your feelings before you go and try to help theirs because they can feel that that energy. They can feel that uncomfortableness you feel trying to help them. And um, so that's one way. Just make sure that you deal with your own feelings before you try to before you try to comfort the main person that's grieving and the one that's struggling the most because they pick up on your energy fast. Um, And then another way to just help someone in times of grief is letting them be sad. You, You can't cheer someone up by telling them, oh, like look on the bright side or giving advice because sometimes I just don't wanna hear it. And I don't want to hear advice. I don't want to hear how to cope. I just want someone to listen to me. I want someone to be sitting there, looking me in the eyes, nodding their head, 
agreeing with me no matter what I say because that's just what I need. And your job, honestly, is just to feel awkward and stay there anyway. Just feel that awkwardness of not knowing what the hell to say because who who the hell knows what to say to someone that literally lost someone or that's going through a death. Just hang right with them and their pain because nothing is more invalidating than telling someone to get over it and nothing is more invalidating than not feeling like that person is or not feeling listened to when you're struggling. No matter what it is that you're struggling with, nothing is more invalidating than not feeling heard and not feeling like someone cares. And um, when I was struggling with grief, it was, it's just like when I was struggling with grief, like I had to, I had to take a step back and like not shut myself away from the people I love because I know that they wanted to support me. And so they would just, like my boyfriend would just sit here and like we would lay together and I would just cry. And like my cousin loved Jacob. And so he would just talk about like when I didn't want to say anything or like I told Jacob I didn't want to talk, but I didn't want it to be silent. Jacob would just talk about like Mark and like the things that he loved about him and like the memories he had with him. And so I think also that helps is when like you have like memories with that person that are happy and you get to share it with the person that lost, that suffered the biggest loss the most. And so that's another thing that helped me was like listening to the happy times and like the things that are like the most amazing about that person and like how people, how different people got to experience their presence is so special so so special like Mark was so welcoming to Jacob like Jacob is shy I mean he's not shy he hates when I say that but he just it takes him a while to open up to people and Jacob would always go to Mark during family gatherings and like always just sit there and talk to him during family gatherings and so when we lost that like it was hard it was hard for Jacob too because you know like that was his companion like minus me obviously but like a guy-to-guy conversation, like, like he got to have an outlet with someone that was in my family, and so when that, when that was gone, like, obviously, it was hard for both of us, but hearing the things, like, he had to say about him and hearing the stories that he had was really special to me, and so from a grieving person to someone that's trying to support one, I say, if you have any memories with that person, just, like, Make sure you tell them and like if they're happy ones, especially like I think only happy ones if they're grieving, like if it's fresh. Um, but yeah, if you're just like make sure you let people sit with their pain and you help them and you support them how they want to be supported. Don't don't make them feel like they need to talk about it right away because sometimes I don't want to talk about it. Sometimes I just want to sit in silence and listen to music and just have your presence there with me to feel supported. And so don't make people feel pressure to talk about things. Don't make people feel like they should move on. If those are my don'ts, um, my do's though are just communicating with that person and asking if there's anything that they need from you physically, mentally, whatever it is, if there's anything they need from you, Um, if you have the mental capacity to do it, totally support them with doing that. Um, just, just also make sure you take care of yourself because I, 
I know what it feels like to try to take care of someone that's grieving. It's it's really hard. And so just be patient with yourself and know that it's okay if you make mistakes because like I said, the stages of grieving are is difficult. And hold on, let me look up the stages of grieving because I know that there's a lot. Oh, there's, is there five? This thing says it's seven. Healthline.com. Fact checkers, get on me. Um, it says shock and denial, a state of disbelief and numbed feelings. Oh my God, that's literally exactly what I felt. Um, pain and guilt. True. Guilt is a big one for me um, because I don't I don't really know why I could, why I felt guilt because um I think actually I think I felt I feel guilt with Mark because it's a little bit easier for me when like I feel bad because it was a huge loss but I think because I've gone through grief so many times it's easier for me to deal with it and come to terms with it and so I think I feel I feel like guilt with that because I'm like well what if he's mad at me that I'm not sad that he's not or that I'm not sad that he's not here because I am sad that he's not here and I'm sad that he doesn't get to see his kids graduate or see his daughter walk down the aisle or see his son go to the military just like he did. Like all that stuff makes me really sad, but I don't think it has affected my day-to-day life, obviously as much as it did in the beginning, but it affects my little cousins, his kids. It affects my it affects Christy, his wife. And so I think I get guilt because I'm like, oh, I feel like I can't, like, I feel like it, me, I don't want to say moving on because I'm not moving on. I'm still here. But when I, I feel guilt in the sense of like, why aren't I in so much pain? But that's because I know how to deal with it now. And I know how to manage it a lot healthier than I did the freaking five other times. But, um, pain and guilt, Anger and bargaining, which, like, I believe bargaining means, like, well, if I did this, then then he would still be here. Or, well, why didn't I do this? Because then he would still be here. Or, like, in that sense, like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's fine that he's not here, I guess. But then obviously not being okay. Um, let's see. What are the other ones? I don't think this is right, if I'm being honest. Um, okay, so here's one. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Um, gosh, yeah, depression, definitely felt that with my Nana. Um, and Mark, of course. Um, acceptance, I don't think I've hit that stage yet of Mark. I think I'm close, but I don't think I'll ever hit that with my Nana because I never... Or anyone I've lost. I never want to cope with or accept that, you know, I won't get to hug them again. Or every time I would go into Mark's house, he would always be like, why don't you say hi to me? And then he would give me a a kiss on the forehead and give me a good hug and, like, ask me how I am. And, like, those are things I don't want to accept, which is okay, you know, like, it's okay that I don't want to ever accept that they're not here because I want them to be here and I want them to experience my life, which is selfish of me to say because they were both in pain. But, you know, I just want the people I love here and I want everyone I love here and I want you guys here, obviously. And so 
I think I get a lot of anxiety when it comes to death. And like one of my biggest fears is just to keep losing the people I love is hard. And like it's a constant battle I have every single day of like who's going to die next? You know, like obviously I already talked about it in this episode, but I think I've gotten better. Like I don't cry myself to sleep at night anymore about it. I don't have anxiety attacks about death anymore, but obviously it's still in the back of my mind sometimes when I leave the house or I don't tell people I love them before I leave somewhere or just randomly because what if I'm not here or what if they're not here? And then I have that guilt of being like, why didn't I do that? Like, why didn't I make them feel loved or why didn't I do this for them? Um, yeah, that's my, (laughs) I don't know what that was, but well, I'll end this episode here. I'm sure you've gotten enough sadness in, but I hope you listen to this and I hope you know that you're not alone. You're not alone in struggling with losing someone you loved or losing someone you looked up to, even if it was from a distance or if it was right in front of your eyes. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. And I hope that you understand that it's okay to feel your feelings and you shouldn't shut yourself out. You shouldn't try to act strong because you can't be strong if you're genuinely not. You can't pour into other people if you have nothing to pour. If your cup is empty, you can't fill anyone else's. And um, I want to end off with um, a poem I wrote after... I lost my most recent one, um, my most recent family member, and I think it's a really beautiful one. And so I wanted to read it to you, and then I'll do my little (laughs) outro. So it says, It is not until you look death in the eye and painfully accept its, its presence that you grasp the hurt of losing a soul connected to yours. Death's family is grief who doesn't leave. Grief is in every sunrise, sunset, and everything in between. It is what comes in waves and leaves and clouds. It plays hide-and-seek with your heart as you strive to recognize change. And I loved that. I wrote it when I was deeply hurting. Um, and it's really special to me. So I hope, I hope when you hear that, you feel some sort of hope and you feel like maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even though this tunnel is going to be for a really long ride. Um, I hope you just sit with your feelings and you help someone feel supported if you're the one trying to help someone that's grieving or you're the one that's grieving. I hope you listen to this and know that you're not alone and that I love you and I'm so thankful and happy that you're here. And thank you guys so much for listening. I hope wherever you are, you know that you're loved and you're supported and you're heard. And if you ever need advice about anything, email me. If you ever need um to feel heard or need to feel validated about your feelings. Don't hesitate to message me. Just know that you aren't alone. And thank you guys so much for listening. And I'm so happy you are here.